Welcome to the Connect Raleigh podcast, where you hear the stories, the people, and the places that make Raleigh, North Carolina the best place to live. As one of the most connected people in town, real estate and networking expert Chuck Belden leverages his connections to introduce you to all the reasons why Raleigh is one of the fastest growing areas in the country. If you've lived in Raleigh for years or are thinking of moving here, this podcast is for you. It's local, it's authentic, and it's time to connect you with your host, Chuck Belden. Hey, what's up, friends? Thanks for tuning in today. We are taking a little time off, but I wanted to share a new podcast with you that gives you the inside scoop on what's going on in Raleigh. It's Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. On today's episode, publisher Gina Stevens and editor-in-chief Melissa Housem talk about the best bars in Raleigh. So if you've spent any time in bars around here, you're going to hear some of your favorites, plus some bars you might not heard of yet, and so you should give them a try. I hope you enjoy, and I'll be back again soon with a new episode of Connect Raleigh. It really is a love letter to Raleigh, and it really does represent the entire city, not just downtown. Yeah, it's it's funny. When we did the, the tallying of the votes, I suddenly realized overnight that I had been in all 50 bars. I'm not sure my mom would be proud of that. <laughs> You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm host Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball from living our lives and having conversations in our city. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. So this podcast is where we give you inside access to the behind the scenes scoop, things that were too hot to print or too much to fit in the magazine. Basically what's left on the editing room floor. So let's dive into the newest issue. With me today is Editor-in-Chief Melissa Housem, and we're talking about our favorite topic, bars. Bars. (laughs) Every fall, Raleigh Magazine asks readers and followers to vote in categories and everything from best whiskey to rooftop to music and best overall bar. But there's so much more to our bar coverage than just a list of winners. Yes, for sure. In fact, this year, a handful of the big winners um, actually had just opened in 21, which is no small feat. And we had the huge privilege of being able to be the media that brought that story to the public. An exclusive is what she's trying to say. Exactly. So we were across all media, TV, print. We were the ones that had the inside scoop and got to introduce these people to the public. So I would say, though, with those stories came a lot of really great backstories And I think starting with the cover is kind of the perfect place to start. Our cover star is The Merchant. Yeah, The Merchant is, I don't know if anybody, if you're familiar with this spot, if you're not, you really should check it out. It is is truly a speakeasy. It is uh, John Steelbinder and local icon hospitality, who, who, of course, is, you know, popular for lots of things. Virgil's architect, um, what am I missing? Little City Brewing. Mm -hmm. He's so many spots. This has a, a, a old vending machine attached to the door, and you arrive, and they're like, do you have a reservation? <laughs> and who are you? <laughs> and you're like, you, you feel like you start defending yourself going, I'm important. I'm important. Yeah, I need to get PM. in. Yeah, come on. <laughs> let me in the door. But it's really beautiful, and the drinks are great, and it's just he takes this 
the old um, Greater Merchant Building from mm-hmm. downtown, which is where the name came from. But it's beautiful. And, and you know, typically with the cover, we try to lean into a place that has just opened or somewhere that's doing something really differently. And while I'm not a big Skull and Crossbones fan, I absolutely <laughs> love this cover. And obviously you can't see it, but hopefully you'll check it out. John's doing some really interesting things all over town, and this is this was a great spot. I mean, John owns a, a lot of places, and is and I've never seen anyone who can rally and fight back and keep pushing forward no matter what is thrown his way. Yeah, he's definitely been through a lot. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people lost things during the pandemic, and he certainly, uh, Linus and Peppers, his famous sandwich shop, closed during that time. But he was already coming off of his own a nightmare, if you will. There had been that fire downtown in the Link Apartments that damaged the Quorum Center. And because of where that was located in proximity to Little City, um, they really had a lot of trouble. It really affected their business. Well, they and, closed and, the street for weeks, right. almost months. Yeah, yeah, months, I think. And and beyond that, of course, then here comes COVID and you've got, you know, um, downtown dealing with not just the pandemic, but also the social unrest. And there was a lot of damage to John's buildings down there. And then Linus and Peppers, you know, closed during that time. That's over on Salisbury Street. And so for John to be able to rise up out of all of that, and uh, it was a story we were able to tell last year and and open the merchant, you know, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. It's really just an incredible story. And he's doing a lot to forward Raleigh while preserving it at the same time, like you were talking about with the with the building. So... But I would say that, um, you know, The Merchant wasn't our only exclusive news last year. I think one of my favorites was High Garden, which is, of course, the rooftop that sits atop the the old Solus spot that is owned by now Hanley, who also owns the Hibernian-owned Solus, of course, and now owns that trio of garden-themed named spots. Um, So we caught wind of this. And let me tell you, when uh, publisher Gina Stevens sitting here with me caught wind of it, she was like, this is ours. We've got it. And she had a relentless pursuit to get this story that included on a, knocking on a few doors on Glenwood South. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, the premise of Raleigh Magazine from the beginning, I've always wanted to tell stories that no one else had. I think I may have gone overboard with this one. Niall, Niall could have taken out a um, stalker warrant for me, I think. But Well, he's not an he's, easy man to get a hold he's of. He's not an easy man to track down. <laughs> but we had. We started to see he had put a couple of little photos out there, but no details. And I knocked on the door and knocked on the door, and I finally just went to his office, and he goes, enough already. I've gotten your messages. I've gotten your emails. He said, come on in and sit down. And I'm like, can I tape it? And so we start talking, and ultimately he lets me lets us take a photographer up there, and we get the first photos. And if you don't know Niall, I mean, I don't think most people know this. I didn't. He um, is a horticulturist at heart. Oh, wow. And all the plants in this botanical theme, botanicals on the bottom floor, on the first floor, and on the third floor is High Garden, all of the greenery. I mean, that is him. So before we did the photo shoot, he went over and fluffed up the flowers and added a little dirt and made sure. I mean, literally, he doesn't have a company that does that because he enjoys it. But yeah, I did knock on a few doors and I was, a, but I got the story. Well, and that's just even funnier to picture because if you've ever met Niall, he is truly Irish. Like, all I can pay attention to is the accent. You know, I don't know for sure if he was born there or not, but I remember the first time I ever talked to him. I know, obviously, Hibernian's an Irish concept, but I didn't know if it's just some dude with an Irish bar, you know? No, no, no. Like, it's it's truly, it's truly really authentic. 
And so now to picture him with the plants, it's just a whole nother level. Um, but what did he say to you when you went in? He said something like, you're nothing if not persistent or don't let anybody tell he you. Said, he said, don't let anybody ever tell you you're not persistent. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's the damn truth. I, I said, will. you didn't have to come out. He goes, I wanted to get rid of you. Like, there yes. You go. So we also, uh, another good story. So if it's not the bar owner, then it's maybe other media um, and landlords that we're hurtling over. So um, we had the privilege of introducing the community, breaking the news, however you want to say it, of Pink Boot. What is it? Raleigh's mini modern, weirdest, smallest mini modern honky tonk. Yes. Right there on West Street next to the Cardinal, owned by Jason Howard. Since Jason promised us the exclusive on this, but it wasn't easy. Jason, I've been friends for a long time, and when he opened the Cardinal, well, and Atlantic Lounge was featured on one of our first Best Bars covers, and and it was just that it was sort of stalking him because it took a while that that underground space took a while to to um, design and launch, and so when he opened the Cardinal, we did his hot dog story, and so I had been on him about Rainbow Luncheonette which still isn't open, but we we do have photos of it, and Pink Boot, which I think he calls the smallest, weirdest bar in Raleigh, um, country music blaring honky-tonk. Right. And it is exactly that. But the funny part about it was he had promised us the exclusive, and and, and Jason is well, a lot of things, but he keeps <laughs> his word once he commits to something. And so he had told a lot of other um newsletter companies and print companies not, nope, not sharing it. Once Raleigh Magazine prints it, then you can have it. Well, one such entity decided to go to social media and say, if you can give us pictures, we want, we want, we want the scoop. Um, The landlord of the building took his keys and went in and took photos and gave them to someone else. I thought Jason was going to lose his mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, what happened was once the signage went up on the building, people start seeing it, right? And this is popular area of towns, and they start sniffing around, and they don't expect to run into any brick walls. Most people are happy to send their press release to everybody from here to Kingdom Come. So they're hitting nothing but brick walls. Jason's like, nope, somebody's already telling my story. Raleigh Magazine's telling my story. So yeah, they turn to social media, and they do a public inquiry. Tell us what you know. (laughs) And they couldn't find anything out. (laughs) And and again, folks, we get it. It's a bar opening. It's not brain surgery. So, I mean, we understand. But for us, it's, you know, it's being able to tell you about things that are new and cool and first. And so we spend a lot of time developing those relationships. um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this is definitely one of our favorite issues for that reason. I mean, we have relationships with all the bars that, you know, even though it is Raleigh voting. Yes. So we should be clear on that. Um, so our 50 Best Bars was born in 2017, mm-hmm. I believe. The magazine was born in 2015. And, oh, we're going to be seven this year. Lucky seven. Yes. So, we're out of um, first grade. We're going to second grade. Second grade this year. So our, um, yeah, this year the, the public was back voting on it. And it's across all the categories that you mentioned. Yeah, it's it's funny when we did the the tallying of the votes, I suddenly realized overnight that I had been in all 50 bars. I'm not sure my mom would be proud of that. <laughs> and I think I've had a drink in all 50. But, you know, people ask us all the time, what are our favorite spots? And 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 you see a little bit of it in the pages. We, in terms of choosing, we host a party for the winners, um, and they get the magazine before the public does, and they get to see it. And so we try to lean into either the oldest bar in Raleigh or an older bar that's celebrating an anniversary or a birthday and the, or a brand new bar. And that's what we did this year. We leaned into the avenue 
Yes, and, and it's fabulous. It is. It's a great spot and um, a great story that those guys have put together. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Avenue, and I'm a huge fan of their Monday Mules, which you paid for, literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a fun spot. It's got an open-air feel and lots of adult life-size games and great televisions and a pool table. And But it's also chic. You know, yeah. it's, it's not divey. Well, the nice thing about them a little bit, their ownership, um, they own— all the way down at the end of Glenwood South, what I call the the young end, mm-hmm. the right. tw- 21 to 24-year-old crowd. And this is at the other end um, up by uh, Hillsborough Street. And so, you know, it's it's what's nice about the way Hillsborough Street's sort of playing out is there's something for all ages. Um, yeah, we talked about the avenue in the fall as being one of, uh, when we introduced Smoky Hollow, we talked to the owner of Madre that's going in there, Tyler Hellickson, and that should be open by Mother's Day, by the way, uh, fingers crossed. But anyway, he mentioned something about how he was really interested in the spots that were trying to cater not to the 21-year-olds, but to cater to a 25-plus crowd. Or, and, and that really is everything, 30, 40, 50, right. 60. So you're not going to a bar and feeling like, you know, the friend's joke, like, um, I can't I can't hear, I'm too old, I just want to sit on a couch and drink coffee. Um, and so the Avenue was one of those. They are purposeful in being inviting. And that you, if you're 25 or 30 or 40 or whatever, then you walk in, you don't feel like you're at a frat party. Right. And you don't feel like you're on Glenwood South. Right. I mean, you are, which is nice. But especially being up there with Dram, which I would argue is also part of that revolution. You can sit and have a quiet drink. But the avenue, you know, depending on what night you're there and the atmosphere, feels a lot like it kind of reminds you of your youth, but in a way that makes you feel invited and included because it is a bar. You know, it's not just like a sit-down um I don't know. It's not a whiskey den. You know, I mean, it's a bar. Like I said, there's a pool table, there's games, but it's for everyone. And I really love it there. One of the the top award we give at this event is the best overall bar. And, Mm -hmm. and people always ask me, so what does that mean? And I'm like, okay, so it's the bar you go to when you've had a bad day, but it's also the bar you go to when you're ready to celebrate. It's your go-to bar. And for everybody, it's different. For some people, it's about, you know, uh, location. But the funny, the funny thing about this year and talk about behind the scenes so we give a golden shaker, and it's got the Best Bars logo on it, and God loves supply chain issues. <laughs> I thought you were going to have a hard time. I literally had blank shakers arrive two hours before the event and dashed, um, shout out to Mort's Trophies. I, I dashed almost to Garner to have him do those for me, and he had them ready one hour before the party started. Um Right, because you get them engraved. But how many orders of shakers did you make so that you were sure we at least got one? Uh, like, I ordered probably from all over. Overnight, right. we, we probably had 30 shakers arrive at different times the <laughs> following days. Keep them for next year so exactly. we don't have this problem. But, uh, but there's always those moments. But, you know, people ask us all the time, what's our favorite bar? Mm-hmm. What is so? All right, Melissa. Okay. And you know what? I will, I'll say this. I have four children. So— I love all my children. We don't have any favorites. Wink, wink, nod, nod. You do. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, so it's hard. We love all the spots in Raleigh, but certainly we've found ones where we feel a little more at home. Um, so game on. Melissa, what's your favorite bar and what's okay. your favorite drink? So I do really like pretty cocktails. So there's great places to go for that, like Annie Betty's and Dram. But my my go-to, which is what I, we think of as like 
you know, the best bar, what's your go-to? For me, that's always been Landmark. And that was actually another story we got to tell this year when they reopened. We got to break that news. So they're back if you haven't been. And, um, yeah, that's definitely always been my favorite, that patio sitting out there all year round under the heaters in the winter, especially for some reason. Yes. And in there, I guess, it's just sort of the basic bitch drink. It's like a vodka soda. Um, but if I'm going somewhere nicer, like, not nicer, no, no offense, Landmark. If I'm going somewhere that makes the uh, the cocktails, the mixology, then I'm going to go to Dram and I'm going to get them to make me an off-menu margarita that will knock your socks off. She likes spicy. That's true. <laughs> um, you know, I, I am, I have a lot of favorites for a lot of different things. I am definitely a gin and tonic drinker. That is my drink of choice. And so obviously I love Annie Betty's where gin is everything to them and the shelves are stocked. So if you're a gin drinker and you haven't been there, get over the fact that it's in the corner of Morgan Street Food Hall and go through the outside door and check it out. It's my favorite place. Tell Greg I sent you. Um, but you're a but, bourbon lover but too. I, but yeah. I am a bourbon drinker, and I I love a place. It sounds like I'm doing a, cheer, a commercial for Cheers, <laughs> but I but I love a place when I walk in, they know who I am, mm-hmm. and I don't mean they know my name. Meaning it could be Susie, it could be Sarah, it right. but they know who you are, and they kind of know what you like to drink. And Dram and Draft has been that for me for the last three or four years. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think it's lost on anyone that we both love it, and so does Raleigh. I mean, they were best overall for a reason, so one of three, I should say. But they've been best overall every year since they opened their doors. They have. Mm -hmm. And and I can tell you, I do have a new favorite. Avenue has turned into a great spot. Um, My Georgia Bulldogs won the national championship, if you didn't know that, (laughs) and so held a party there. And there is no better place in Raleigh right now to watch sports, um, I don't think, and— drink a good beer so yeah and if you like gin i have to say we have to stay tuned for the april issue where we're gonna do your favorite raleigh gin and tonic picks yes because they're not all the same folks and you're gonna learn about that they are definitely not all the same Uh, melissa did her favorite chicken and waffles in this past issue so uh um, i get to do gin and tonics yeah so that was fun i ate my way through raleigh my jeans didn't appreciate it but (laughs) Um, I also, you know, like you're saying people want to know what our favorites are and they do. But the other thing I've heard probably more than anything since this issue came out is, and this is a shout out to the whole team and to the city. So, you know, everybody picked their favorite bars and then we all sat together and sorted it all out and, and, and wrote it up. And, and then our fab designer, Liz laid it out and I've heard nothing, but can I have an extra copy? Because this is my new bucket list down to the guys at my dad's work came in and was like, tell Melissa and her team, they've outdone themselves. We need another copy because we're going to rip it out and throw darts at which bar we're going to this weekend. So it really is a love letter to Raleigh, and it really does represent the entire city, not just downtown. Well, and I wanted to make that point. We've talked about a lot of places that are downtown, but there are some great spots all over the city and some new spots that have opened around the city that didn't make the list. Mm-hmm. Um, Flask is one of my new favorites, and it's out at Briar Creek. It's a little cocktail bar with pizza next door, so it's really easy. And, and I think they'll, they'll easily be an award winner next year, I think. Um, but there's well, all the other stuff opening every day. But Yeah, and of course, like we mentioned, there's stuff in the suburbs, suburbs to Raleigh at least. So with Carrie, we just had Bull City Cider open this weekend. So obviously they couldn't have been a contender for these awards, but they've done really well in Durham. So I'm sure they will do well in Carrie. And there's been quite a few things open. I mean, Pink Boot made it in. They opened, they made it in for Best New Bar. They made it in just under the wire. And 
I think we had done a lot of press for them, so people were excited, and they were, like, busting at the seams opening night in December, and they got a lot of votes for yeah. Best New Bar. But, I mean, I mean, how many, many modern weird honky-tonks are there? So, All right, Melissa, I've got a few questions I didn't prep you for, oh, so boy. I want your honest answers. Okay, um, What's one place you've had a few too many? Mm, well, that depends on what I'm doing and who I'm with but um, and where I'm at. But I would say Landmark definitely comes to mind for the place that, like, the Uber rides home are a little blurry. Uh, <laughs> that's probably pre-COVID. I have to think about probably the last time I had one too many was after our best bars party at the after party. So, uh, yeah. So the Avenue and, yeah. <laughs> um, recently I tried to entertain um, some North Raleigh ladies who don't get out very often downtown. I think I'm the one who did the most drinking. We were at Botanicals <laughs> and then headed over to a show at Lincoln Theater and— God love Uber. Yeah. How are you feeling the next day? (laughs) Not well. And that was Super Bowl Sunday. So (laughs) you can imagine I watched the Super Bowl without even having a beer all day. So, yes. That's tragic. You know, what about a, maybe not weird, but a bar that you feel like doesn't, um, most people don't know about, or it's kind of a hidden gem? You know, one of the best bars in Raleigh, hands down, is William & Company, which people refer to as Wilco, those that are in the know. And um, Lily, the owner's just been doing it right from day one. And it's a really cool, like, neighborhood vibe. It's over in the Oakwood area, Person Street. And that's a a cool little area that's just quietly emerged of just great spots to eat and drink. And uh, Wilco's definitely, hands down, one of the best bars in the city. Well, I think, I mean, I'm always surprised at people who don't know what that is. I will, and because they walk right by it on their way to Crawford and Son or getting a pizza or around the corner of Atlantic Lounge, but they don't really know. And then when you open the door, it's like, I mean, it's just such a cool spot. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think if you haven't been, you should check it out. And they make really good drinks there. All right. So I have my pick for where I like to drink outside of Raleigh. You know, I always say cross the border. So what's yours if you have to cross the border? Don't take mine. <laughs> don't, I kind of want, want to. Um, well, if I'm going to Durham, I guess is where we're going. Um, you can go anywhere. I can go anywhere. You can go anywhere. Cross the border. We don't have time for in that. In the triangle. Well, at, um, yeah, not Chicago. Um, <laughs> in the triangle. No, I'm trying to think. I'll give you a chance to think. So mine is, without a doubt, Corpse Survivor. What Melissa and Lee have done over there, again, I like Jen. And if you don't like Jen, they have everything. But... Um, that is a neat, neat little bar. Yeah. I'm glad you gave me time to think because I started to say full steam, which I love, but that was really for me like pre-pandemic. I haven't been back since, but where I have been, you know, during COVID before times and after is, uh, when I go see Mike at M Sushi, I go to the Durham Hotel rooftop mm-hmm. and that is definitely one of my favorite bars in the triangle. It's really good. It's beautiful views, awesome drinks, the oysters. You know. Yeah, and same thing. I mean, Alley 26, who just yeah. got nominated for That's a Beard Award, yeah. is a great bar, too. Yeah, right because if you're on that little strip, you can just hit them all, you know. Exactly. So, so what's your—I'm going to ask you one. Okay. What's your bar that you wish would come back? Rest in peace. Oh, Coglins. Is 100%. there any—I mean, is there anybody in town that doesn't feel that way? And if you haven't been—if you don't remember what Coglins was, you can— yeah. Google it. It's Google worth a it. Google. It is worth a Google. And there's still prayers that that will emerge and return in some in some form. Yeah. Um, ben and Zach are the guys behind Coglins. They own Isaac Hunter's Hospitality. So Isaac Hunter's is still open. But Coglins was just sort of like the dream of the 90s, you know, kept alive. And, 
you know, 80s and 90s music and sweaty dance sessions and just lots of uh, spilled alcohol. And no matter how old you were, it just felt like it was nostalgia. So definitely miss that one. So I know you like gin, but do you have a favorite drink in town? You know, that's hard for me. I'm not a frou-frou drink. I don't, I mean, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> you don't have to be frou I know. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I drink, you know, bourbon straight or on the rocks, I should say. And I'm a gin and tonic. Do you have a favorite old-fashioned? I don't because I'm not mixing anything in bourbon. No. Why would you mess up a good bourbon drink by putting something in it? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I would say, I mean, I love vodka and I love tequila. I'm an equal opportunist. And, of course, we've covered I like spicy margaritas. But um, one of my favorite, like, special drinks, I think, in town is at Watson Ward, uh, which won one of our best uh, speakeasies. And they make a Carolina Lily there that, if you haven't had it, is just absolutely – it'll also get you a little sauce. So it'll sneak up on you. But it tastes really good. And it's just perfectly balanced, and um, it's definitely worth going for. So mm-hmm. I've never had that one. I might, I might be willing to try that. Should yeah, and you get to go down in the like Mad Men den and like be in the dark with candles and have your sexy drink. It's a oh, whole thing. Absolutely, yeah. it's a whole thing. And isn't the best part? They're all open and yes, no masks, no nothing. We are game on. Yeah, which is also what was so fun about the party this year, right? Yeah. You know, I've said it before, we we host a party. Um, it's usually right before the February issue drops and exclusively share the magazine and the winners and give out awards to the bar bar owners and bartenders. And, you know, the first year you do it, it's sort of like holding your own personal party and you think, well, people show up. Mm-hmm. And the best thing about this is on a Monday night and I looked around the room and there's 250, 275 hospitality people who never get to see each other. Bar owners, bartenders, um, they're dressed up. They're excited to be out. And, and it's like they're just catching up. They would stay there all night, and they celebrate each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they all want to win, and they know they've won something by being invited, but they don't know right. what, which is the best part. Right. It's like kind of like our own version of the Oscars. You yeah. know, you've been nominated, but in this case, they know they've won. They just don't know what. And, I mean, you can't go back in time on social media, but it's definitely a good reason to follow us because that night we just shared stories like crazy of snaps from the party, and everybody's favorite bar was definitely represented, and it was fun to see everybody so excited and just together and having a good time celebrating each other. But another crazy thing is we move that location every year to either, like I said, a, a, you know, an old, older bar we want to celebrate or a newer bar, which means that we have to recreate the event every year. There's no formula to it. So that makes it it's challenging. It's so much work. It, it is, but it's fun because one of the first year we did it, we did it at Junction West with uh, Rob and Gabby, and no one, none of the bar community had had time to go in and even visit it. So right. They just opened, they right? They just right. opened. Everybody loved it and was so happy for them. And then the second year, we leaned into uh, King's. Yes, and that um, was a that was a show. Uh, that was, <laughs> I'm sure we broke fire code that night. It was probably 275 people, shoulder to shoulder, and but it was it was the coolest place to be and celebrate with them. And then last year we were at Y Hill, um, so we were fi- following COVID protocols. So let me tell you, this is a labor of love for real. Like I said, so it was outside in. February? Yes, in February. And in this particular case, I think it was after the issue dropped, but it was, I think, 30-something degrees that night and raining. 
And credit to the bar community, they still came. In that in that case, we could only have one or two from each come, and it was all outside, and we were under a tent. There were, you know, sporadic heaters. Wyhill did a beautiful job, you know, accommodating us, but you can only do so much when it's 30 degrees and raining. <laughs> but everybody stayed. We had a great time. and It was important. I, I mean, at that time, we were also thankful for our bars and yes. wanted, you know, we thought canceling it was really the wrong move. If they're willing to stand behind the bar and pour us a drink, then we ought to be willing to move forward and honor them. And so it was really important to celebrate them that night. So next year's uh, best bar issue, we've decided we are going to honor Raleigh's best bartender and not with a first runner up and a second runner up and a third runner up, but a game on best bartender. So start thinking, start planning, start talking to bartenders so you'll be ready to vote. Um, this will be fun, exciting to a new spin on it. Yeah, yeah. We'll mix it up, pun intended. And we'll, of course, we'll still have our favorite, you know, Raleigh's favorite 50. So I think it's something we like to do to open up the vote sooner and really, really just put it out there for people to so you guys start thinking about what your favorite's going to be this year. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. Stay tuned for our next episode. You can find copies of the magazine around town or for a steal. Subscribe for $10 a year. Um, We would love it if you gave this podcast a nice rating and review it and share it with your friends. This podcast is edited by EarFluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. If you've enjoyed this episode, please visit us at connectraleigh.com. The Connect Raleigh podcast connects you to the amazing people and places of Raleigh, North Carolina. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with our guests and with Chuck. Be sure to rate this podcast, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're currently listening, share it, and leave us a review. Thank you for connecting with Connect Raleigh.